and our military men and women, let's continue to remember them. Our nation, a lot of still unrest in our nation right now. So let's continue to remember uh, all these situations. We need God. If my people, which are called by my name, would humble themselves and pray, amen, that I will hear from heaven. Amen. We need God in America again. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Praise God. Amen. We've been talking. We started last week. We were talking about the purpose for Christian influence. Christian influence. Everybody should have their paper. Amen. Matthew chapter 5, verse 13 and 14. Amen. Christian influence. Christian influence. You are the salt of the earth. Amen. But if the salt have lost his savor, wherewith shall it be salted? It is therefore henceforth, henceforth good for nothing but to be cast out and to be trodden under the foot of men. Ye are the light of the world, a city set on the hill that cannot be hidden. Amen. Now, one of the things we find when you start looking at Christian influence, now last month we talked about Christian maturity and we was talking about growing in the Lord and, and this is what God wants. He, he wants us to mature. He wants us to grow because He's looking for us to be His influences in the earth. And God brings out two things that are both influences. One is salt and one is light. Amen. One is salt and one is light. We know that light repels darkness and salt preserves things and makes things taste better. Amen. And so God uses these things. Amen. And the old saying and back in the days, uh, you know, you want to be worth your salt, right? <laughs> your weight and salt. Amen. So you, you want to be a good influence for the Christ. We found out that the reason that God wants us to be influenced, amen, so that what? In Matthew five sixteen, that what? Your heavenly Father can be seen in you. Amen. Now, if we say we're Christians and we have the Holy Ghost, then our reflection should be Jesus Christ. When you look at the fruit of the Spirit that is in us, in Galatians five twenty two. Not the fruit of the Spirit is love, it is joy, it is peace, it is long-suffering, it is gentleness, goodness, and faith, and meekness, and temperance. Against such there is no law. So when you look at the fruit of the Spirit, all of these things that are in you now helps your influence. Amen. They helps you to be a good influence for Christ. Amen. Love. You know, think about that. First of all, we are called to love God with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength. This is seen in how we go about our day-to-day life and how much we love God and how much we talk about how much we love God. Is God first and foremost in our lives? Does people be able, can people see that? How we love our neighbors? You know, and, and, the, and the key to how you love your neighbor is what? How much you love yourself. You know, this is what Paul is saying in Ephesians 5, that no man never hurt his own self. He loves himself. And so if you love yourself, you're going to take care of yourself. And so if you take care of yourself, you'll take care of your neighbor. Amen. That's why the story of the Good Samaritan is all about. 
you know. And so the way you treat people, the, the, the golden rule, doing others as you would have them doing you, is all part of that influence, you know, that God is looking for in us. You know, the joy of the Lord is our strength, amen, so we should have strength and power, you know, Jesus gave us power, so the joy of my influence is, is, is my joy. You know, if I have joy in my life, others will see that joy in my life. And as a result, I can influence it because they're looking to find out how do I get joy when I'm going through hell, right? <laughs> so, so peace, you know, do I still have calm and serenity in what I'm going through in my life when my seems like my ships turn upside down and the sails are down and the bottom is up? You know, do I still have peace? Amen. In my life, is, is, am I going crazy or do I still have that serenity and calmness in my life? See, this is how, you know, we are influenced by that. Amen. Long suffering. <laughs> you know, and it amazes me because long said, why do you just say patience? You know, he says, no, I'm going to hang them out there. So he says, long suffering, you know, suffering long. Amen. While you're going through these things. Amen. Can you endure hardness as a good soldier? Do you have the patience and learning how to wait upon God? If you jump to conclusions and you just don't have time to wait and I got to have it right now. It's not a good influence. You know, they that wait upon the Lord, Isaiah 41, 30, right? 40, 31. They that wait upon the Lord should do what? Renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. All right? Amen. What did Jeremiah say in Jeremiah 12, 5? He says, if you ran with horses... I mean, footmen, and they weary you. What are you going to do with horses? <laughs> Notice what he says. If thou hast ran with footmen, they weary thee, then how canst thou contend with horses? Right. If thou in the land of peace, wherein they trusted, they weary thee, then what are you going to do in the swelling of the Jordan? Uh, if you can't handle when it's easy, he's saying, what are you going to do when it gets tough? <laughs> You know, so you've got to be able to have that, that patience and long suffering and to be able to learn how to wait upon God. You know, and you, you know, we, 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 this is all part of that maturity thing that comes, that we develop in our lives. This is why we're adding to our faith virtue, virtue, knowledge, knowledge, temperance, temperance, patience, patience, godliness, godliness, brother, kindness. Notice all these things we just keep compound it to us we're building this house right amen and this is what we're doing is we're building this thing we're building it right amen this is why paul says in every great house there's not only vessels of gold and silver but there's earth and wood and some to be honored and some to be dishonored but if you purge yourself then you'll be a vessel of honor so there's things inside of you that you can brought in with you that now you might need to get rid of. You might buy the house that somebody lived there before, and and most of us will walk into a house and we'll see. We say, "Well, that needs to go," you know, or "That needs to go," or "I need to change this," or "I don't like this paint color, so that's got to go." See, so you're going to bring it into your pleasing to make it look good for you. 
because you want people when they walk into your house to be able to say, whoa, that looks nice, right? Because you want to influence them. You don't want to leave it the way it was. And this is why God wants us to add things, uh, spiritual things to our lives so that when people see us, they see him and they will want more <laughs> of him. Excuse me. So the peace, the long suffering, the gentleness, you know, gentleness. You can influence by gentleness. Just don't be afraid to get down there and, you know, and hug a, a, a sinner. You know, you know, somebody, you know, you see a sinner up here at the altar and people going, I ain't getting close to him. You know, I'm not getting close to her. Man, they stink. You know, you need to be the first one there if you're a Christian. You know, you need to be able to reach down and hug and, you know, let them feel, let them, let them see it. Let them, let, that's influence. See, that's what Jesus did. You know, he wasn't afraid to, to, to kneel down with, you know, with the sick and the, and, and the, and the cripple and the, and the people. You know, he walked right on the porch with all the halt, the wilt, the lame, the blind, you know, that get close to him, you know, and that's what it's all about. And some people say, oh, I'm not getting close to them people, you know, well, you don't get close to them. Jesus may not get close to you. <laughs> he has a way sometimes to just let you feel what it's like. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, you have to be careful. You know, he has a way of doing those kind of things sometimes. So, but we have to, we got to be gentle. We got to be good. Amen. You remember Jesus, every time he, you know, with the disciples, I mean, he always knelt down and played in the dirt, seemed like with kids. You know, you know, one of the way you can influence people is a lot of times, you know, is, is how you treat their kids. You get down on the kids level, you know, sometimes bend down and talk to the kids and, you know, yeah, sit on the floor, play with the kids. Here's a four star general comes to visit my son. Bob was his aide a long time ago and the general was back in America where Bob was stationed at and he found out where Bob lived and he went to Bob's house and here's a four star general in my son's house crawling on the floor playing with his kids. You know? <laughs> you don't see that too often, you know? <laughs> you know, but that's that's influence. You know? You, you you can't be afraid to come down the the people's level. You know, you know, don't don't be so, as we say, heavenly minded that you're no earthly good. See, because one day you and I might be in a wheelchair and we need somebody to to, to help me push. <laughs> you know, it, I, I can tell you, you know, when I had my knee surgery, thank God that somebody was willing to to help me get through the door or to get up the steps. You know, but what if I would have been so prideful when I didn't have knee surgery and said, man, I ain't helping nobody up the steps. And you, you know, their scriptures say you'll reap what you sow. <laughs> you know, 
So, so we have to remember this. You know, we are being influences for Christ. Amen. So goodness and gentleness and faith, our faith. You know, uh, think about Abel. You know, the Bible says in Hebrews 11, I think it's verse 4, that by faith, Abel offered a God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. And he received a witness or testimony that he was righteous and God testifying of his gift. And even though he's dead, he yet speaks. See, and so therefore, you know, think about Abel's dead many years ago, and what he did is still an influence. You know, think about people you read about, you know, that even today, you and I, if we were to go back and look, you know, why is Abraham Lincoln there, you know, given, talked about so much, and George Washington versus a lot of the other presidents, you know? They were influence, you know, George Patton, you know, you know, generals, certain generals, you know, why, why are they still being talked about, whereas others was not? Yeah, or, or Lee and Grant, you know, the way they influenced people, whether good or bad, is still being talked about, see? And so we have to be aware of that as Christians and say, okay, do I want to influence people to do what is good or do I want to influence people to do what is evil? See, we have to look at it from that standpoint. So we we, we got to have faith. When we, our humility, you know, if I'm the first one in the child line, you know, I I may be influencing somebody, but I'm influencing that I'm greedy, <laughs> you know. But if I'm humble, then, you know, and meek, then I will wait and allow others to go first. See? You know, and, and, and if I walk out with six bags in my hand, you know, what, what, what kind of influence am I presenting? Huh? I'm greedy, right? You know, whereas if I walk out with, now nah, 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 may not be nothing wrong with walking out with a bag, you know. But if it's leftovers and people says, hey, we got all this leftover food, and if you want to take it, please, by all means, come and take as much as you want. You know, that's one thing, you know. But if you just going to be, piggish about it, <laughs> you know, then you're going to set an influence that you're greedy, you know, and you don't want that as a Christian, see, see, you, you want to present Christ to, to a, a lost and dying world, you know, if you said, hey, my neighbor has, you know, may not have some, some food or whatever, so is it okay if I take a couple of plates to to my neighbor, you know, yes, by all means, see, this is presenting a good influence, amen, and so this is what we want, amen, self-control, temperance, think about temperance, self-control, if I fly off the handle all the time, if I'm driving down the road and laying on my horn, beep, 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 you know, hollering at people, shouting at people, you know, when I'm driving, 
I may not be a good influence. I'm sure you heard the story about that the, the lady that was on the horn and she was just laying on a horn and blowing the horn and, and, and yelling and hollering and stuff and the cops pulled her over and then the cops went up to her car and, you know, and said, ma'am, you need to get out of your car and come with me. You know, and what did I do? He said, just come with me. So he took her down to the station, you know, and she was still livid going on. And he says, I'm arresting you for stealing a car. She says, that's my car. I didn't steal that car. He says, you had to steal that car. She says, no, I didn't. I did not steal that car. He says, well, you know, he says, because there was a fish on the back of it that says Jesus and the way you were acting, you had to steal that car. <laughs> so, so, so we have to be, if, if you got that emblem on the back of your car, you need to be a good influence. Amen. Praise God. Amen. So, anyhow, that's one of those jokes. Amen. So, but who knows? You may, you may be. I have seen some people that is like that. Amen. So we're talking about the purposes of, of Christian influence. Amen. So, and then your lesson there it talks about right about in the middle, right at the Titus two fourteen. It says, however, it, it is impossible. Uh, is it possible for the child of God to forget that he's purged from his old sins? You see, when we forget about that, we're not. Uh, our sins has been purged, it is easy to become a, a negative and an evil influence. Because, see, as I've said, once we are born again, we, see, we recognize that we were wrong and we had problems in our lives, and now we're choosing to do what is right. And so we want to represent Christ at every point in our lives that we can. Amen. Because we're moving Amen. We're not there yet. We're moving to perfection. We're going to that place in Christ where we will be complete in Him is what we want. Amen. We want to cross those gates and hear Him say, Well done, my good and faithful servant. If you ever read Psalms 15, you know, David asked the question, he says, Lord, who shall abide in thy tabernacle? Who shall dwell in thy holy hills? And the Lord said, he that walketh uprightly, uh, worketh righteousness, uh, you know, that don't do any evil, you know, don't speak uh, evil in his heart. No, don't put out his money to usury and all this stuff. He, he gives us some good examples of true righteousness here. And that's what we're called to be is righteousness for God, amen, because righteousness is the white linen of the saints of God, amen. So in our homes, amen, we should consider our influence among, first of all, at home. See, this is one of the reasons Deuteronomy 6 and 4 say, Hear, O Israel, Lord our God is one. And he says, In these words I command you shall be hidden in your heart, and you shall teach them diligently to your children. And one of the ways we influence is our actions. You influence more people by your actions than what you say. Say, And especially in our homes. If I say I'm a Christian, then inside of my home, it should be a reflection of a Christian. Amen. You know, you don't want to cut your grass and find your lawnmower, right? You, 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 you know, yeah. 
All right. You, you want to keep it neat and trim. You want to keep it looking good. All right. And these these <laughs> these things, you know, you, you got to you got to consider, you know, you're being an influence. If your children is saying, man, I just can't wait to leave home. You know, I can't wait to graduate from school and get out of here. Then you probably need to look at your influence. See, now, if you got to say to them, I'm waiting till you graduate so I can get you out of here, you know, it might be a different thing. But but inside of our castles and inside of our homes, we've got to be good influences. Amen. We we want our homes to be our castle. We want it to look our best as Christians. Amen. Not only this vessel here. That we are called to maintain, but our homes we're called to maintain. Amen. Because we are representing Christ. It doesn't take much if you get into the habit of, of cleaning house. My, my niece called me and she was telling me she was cleaning her house. I said, get rid of all of it. <laughs> you know, cause she's got stuff she said. She was saying, I got stuff that I had that I realized I don't need no more. I said, I told you that 10 years ago. <laughs> you know, so, but, you know, don't hoard stuff that you ain't going to use, you know, <laughs> you know, help keep your place clean and looking nice. You know, it is a proven fact that if your home is dirty, if your home is unkempt, it causes depression. It's a proven fact. And, so it, and now they're starting to say it might even cause some sicknesses. See? So you've got to keep it clean, especially if you've got pets. You've got to keep it clean. You know? And so we have to make it look good. It's yours. It's a gift from God. He's given you this place. Right? And so whatsoever you do, do it heartily unto the Lord and not unto man. You know, if Jesus, I think Revelation, Jesus says, I stand at the door and knock, right? So if he's going to come in, what do you want him to see? Do you want him to sit down and have a meal that the cat just ate off the plate? Huh? <laughs> we We want to... <laughs> Come on. You know, it doesn't take much. You know, the same way with our lives. It doesn't take much, you know, to be a good influence, to example of Christ. See, and this especially, we've got the Holy Ghost. And the Holy Ghost is designed to teach us and to lead us and the Word of God brings us to the fullness of truth. Amen. So we have to do that. So we have to be influenced in our homes and influences in our church and influences with our peers and influences in our schools. Amen. And this is why, you know, if we're representing Christ on our jobs, a lot of times people are going to ask us questions based on how we live, what they see in us. If they see that you're consistent, if they see that you look good, that you're clean living, I guarantee you they're going to start asking you questions. But if you look like you just came out the dump, 
they're probably not going to ask you a whole lot of questions. <laughs> you know, so, so you have to represent Jesus. We're light. We're salt. Amen. So you want to influence people in your home. You want to influence people at church. You want to influence people, your peers, especially in the church when you got new converts that are coming in. You know, yeah, it's one thing for the pastor and the pastor's wife to, to, to set an example. But think about this. As a child of God, <laughs> what did I do? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> okay, Sister Sonia. <laughs> Don't make me lose it. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) All right. So, but where were I at? Uh, Okay. Yes, it's one thing for me and my wife to be an example, but every born-again believer in the church should be an example. When new people walk through the doors, they should be able to see Christ in you the hope of glory. Amen. They should be able to see you as an example of holy living, of separation from the world. This is what is all about. Amen. And this is what all born-again believers should be. Amen. We're moving <laughs> to that, that perfection. Amen. So, influence in the church, influence in our schools. Amen. And even in our recreation and activities, amen. This should be clean, pure fun, amen. So examples, number one example is influence in Scripture. We know that Herod beheaded John the Baptist uh, because of he was influenced by Herodias, amen. He was drunk, you know, and as a result, he, he asked what she would give you know, uh, the dance, and as a result, you know, her mother told her to ask for John the Baptist's head, and Herod was so drunk, so he wound up, you know, uh, beheading John the Baptist uh, because of this. So a, a terrible uh, example of influence here. Amen. We know that Andrew brought Peter to Jesus Christ, according to John 1. Philip brought Nathaniel. Amen. They influenced those others you know and notice andrew influenced his brother you know simon peter you know you can influence people by your actions you know one of the things that i i have found is you you've got to be consistent you know if you've got loved ones or children that may not be saved or whatever you stay consistent amen because believe me if you are not a, a good influence of Christianity, because they're watching. And if you are hitting and missing and, you know, not consistent and, and, and doing the right things, you're not going to convince them that it's right. But as you stay with it, as they see you praying, if they see you reading your Bible when they're at your house, whatever, they see you talking about Christ, I guarantee you pretty soon, it's, it's going to come kick in. Amen. They're gonna, they, they, they may be out there talking to others about their parents or, or their, their, you know, others. You know, those people are consistent, man. My parents, my mom and dad, they're Christians. I know 
they can stay with it. But if you are never at church and you say you're a Christian, you're not going to influence people. See? If, if, if you just choose to miss all the time, you're not going to convince anybody. They're not going to be persuaded. You know, we have to be persuasive uh, in our walk. And Andrew persuaded Peter and Philip persuaded Nathaniel. Amen. They influenced them to come to Christ. Amen. And this is what we want to. I'm still working on all my family. Amen. But, I, but I'm starting to get some positive results. They're starting to ask some questions and stuff. So, you know, I know I got a, a whole bunch of them that is not saved. And so, but I'm trying to stay consistent, you know, and I plan to stay consistent. Amen. Many of the chief rulers, number C, many of the chief rulers that believed on Jesus but refused to confess them because of the Pharisees. They let the Pharisees confess them, I mean, uh, to influence them because the Pharisees says, if anybody confess Jesus Christ, we're kicking you out of the synagogue. So the Bible says they love the praises of man more than the praises of God. Amen. You can't allow people to persuade you uh, influence you to do the wrong thing, especially when you're coming into the knowledge of truth. I'm sorry, I'm going to have to live right. You know, I was, I was, I was telling my wife. I said, it's amazing to me. You know, you got parents praying out there for their children that is unsaved to come to know Christ, and they are in church, supposed to be in church, but yet. Because the kid comes in and don't go to the same church that they're going to, they get mad at the kid, you know, and don't want to have anything to do with them. How dumb is that? (laughs) You know, if they're moving anywhere towards Christ and you've been praying for them, you know, then be excited, (laughs) you know, at least they're coming out of the world. You know, they're starting to go towards Jesus, you know. And Jesus said, no man can come unto me and accept I draw him. See? And so if he's saying, I'm going to church, it might not be the church that you're in, but get excited. Don't ostracize them. A lot of parents do that, you know. So you want to be an encourager and an edifier too. But people here, man, they did not confess Jesus because they was afraid of being kicked out of the synagogue. Amen. Paul and Silas, number D, influenced the, the jailer. Amen. In Acts chapter 16, we know the story of midnight Paul and Silas. They begin to sing praises when they had been beaten. You know, the, the, the thing you would have probably thought, People would have, after being beaten and put in jail, you know, and now they could have been gone, you know, and the jailer would have been killed. But what did they say? Do yourself no harm. We're all here. And as a result of that, they was able to give them a Bible study, bring them to the full knowledge of truth. They baptized them in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And think about that, the influence that they had on that jailer and his household. Amen. Because they stood firm and stood on the truth, amen, of God's Word. The Apostle Peter, even after being miraculously informed of the acceptability of the Gentiles who feared and obeyed God, nevertheless withdrew and separated himself because he feared them which were of the circumcision. In other words, when the Jews came down, 
and they found out that they had been visiting Gentiles, Peter withdraw himself from the Gentiles. You know, and what did Paul say? Wait a minute, hold on, bud. You know, <laughs> so you need to wait a minute here. See, so if you're going to act that way, you're going to be a bad influence. See, you you can't pull back just because you, your friends show up. <laughs> Let me put it that way. You know, if you've been running and leaping and jumping off the fans in the church, <laughs> you know, <laughs> when you when your friends show up, keep running, jumping off the fans in the church. <laughs> you know, keep praising God. You know, don't stop. You know, this is let things be done decently and in order. Amen. <laughs> Holy rollers, right? Amen. <laughs> <laughs> Praise God. Amen. Number F, Jesus was reared in a copper in a shop and crucified on a rugged cross, changed the course of history by his life. Now think about if anybody has ever been an influence, Jesus Christ was an influence. Man, think of all the people whose lives are changed because of Christ. And we are Christ's example in the earth. So we should be influencing and changing people to do right. They should be able to see how to do what is right. They should be drawn to Christ. Amen. They should be, you know, the old saying, you win more flies with honey than you do vinegar, right? Amen. And you are the rock. You're built on the rock. So honey should be flowing out of you. You know, when Ezekiel, when he, when he saw the water running out from under the altar, the Lord says, where this water goes, it shall be healing for the nations. So everywhere you go, you're supposed to be healing for the nations. You know, as I shared with the leaders a few weeks ago, you know, don't think just be, you know, be, that it always applied to you're just going to lay your hands on somebody's head and they're going to be healed of a disease. You know, there's more healing. You know, a lot of people have mental healing, physical healing, and all, you know, all different kind of healings. If I come along beside Brother Richard, he's having a hard time. You know, he could be sick, depressed. But if I come along beside him and pat him on his back and encourage him and build him up, laying hands, tapping him on the back. How many times you made a mistake on your job and your boss come up or somebody and tap you on the back and say, oh, it's going to be okay. To me, that's laying hands on somebody. <laughs> you know, hey, you're going to be okay. You encourage them. You build them up. You pick them back up. Give them a hand, right? And so you can encourage them that way too, you know, and they can build themselves up and be lifted up in that area as well. See? Now, granted, there are times that God does give us the power when you're sick in body to lay hands on the sick and they do recover. It was one of the gifts of the Spirit. But see, we could probably heal more people as Christians through edification, especially in today's world. You know, because a lot of people are depressed, a lot of people are discouraged, you know. But if we encourage people, you know, we have to first of all what? Encourage ourselves in the Lord. You know, that's what David had to do. There's nothing wrong with weeping a little bit. You know, David wept. 
you know. But then he did what? He encouraged himself in the Lord. He said, bring me the ephod. Amen. Get the book over here. Let me see. <laughs> you know, and as a result, you get yourself a scripture because it's through patience and comfort of that scripture you find hope. Amen. You get yourself a scripture. You build yourself up on your most holy faith. You get your faith back in action. Amen. You pick yourself up. You dust yourself off. Put on your armor and you go into battle again with your hands lifted in praise, worshiping God. And amen. It's going to be okay because you're influencing. Amen. Amen. Jesus hung his head on the cross, died. They buried him three days. He got right up, didn't he? You hear me say that all the time. I'll let you stay down three days. Uh, two days, rather. Third day, you got to get up. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> you got to get up. I'll let you stay down for a couple of days. The third day, you got to get up. You say you're Christian. Amen. All right. So we want to be an influence. Paul was an influence to the church. He constantly asked the churches, like a glacier, he asked them, who influenced you to do what is wrong? He says, oh, foolish Galatians, who bewitched you? You know, that you should not obey the truth. No, did you, you know, did you start in the flesh or did you start in the spirit? See, we have to, we, we want to be influencers, amen, in, in all that we do. Amen. Moving on here. Amen. We'll look at the five rims of influence a little bit here tonight. Amen. I'm going to read some scenarios. You don't have the scenario. I'm going to read the scenario, and uh, you tell me. We're talking about the domestic rim. We're going to compare, first of all, the influence of a faithful, pure, hard-working, devoted, Bible-following father with that of an indifferent, impure, negative, negligent, excuse me, unconcerned, Seldom, if ever, Bible-reading husband and father. Amen. Mr. Y, listen careful. Mr. Y lives in a nice neighborhood. He has worked for the same company for over 20 years and has received many awards and accolades for his work. Each Sunday morning and Wednesday night, you can see him and his family heading out for what seems to be church and Bible study. They, along with their children, each have their Bibles in hand. He isn't afraid to share his faith with others in a loving and kind way. They are well-dressed and kind. He practices living what the Bible says. His children and wife often talk about their family and devotion times. He keeps his lawn cut, his cars clean. His pastor and others in the church talk about how faithful he is to God, his family, the church, and the community. Number two, Mr. T, on the other hand, lives in the same neighborhood. As a matter of fact, two doors down the street. He works the same job as Mr. Watt, has been there almost two years longer. He has never been recognized for any job well done. He has been given warnings and poor ratings by his boss, telling him if things doesn't improve that he will let him go. He seems to show no concern for the things of God in his home. His lawn is always overgrown. His car is always filthy. He can be seen carrying cases of beer in his home regularly. His wife has no joy and has even expressed concern about their marriage. Mr. T's wife has stated to you 
that she wishes that her husband would take a more active role in their spiritual growth and local church. So compare the influence of a faithful, pure, hard-working, devoted Bible-following father with that of an indifference, impure, negligent, unconcerned, Sodom if ever Bible-reading husband and father. Who wants to do that? Anybody want to comment? Da, 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 da. Okay, the man with his family is happy and content with Jesus? Huh? Okay, living for God and worshiping. It's not any fun to live like this? Horrible life. Okay. Anybody else? Okay, okay. Anybody else? Brother Terry? Okay. One is positive, one is negative. Okay. Okay. Yes. Yes. One has hope and happy and the other one doesn't. You know. So, yeah. Yeah. So. And, and this is, is why we need to 
to be that influence. Say, Mr. Y, is, is, is he's on the same job with Mr. T. Say, so we're hoping that Mr. T will see Mr. Y is, is doing something right. Say, and which will influence Mr. T. Or Mrs. Y will begin to, you know, influence Mrs. T. You know, they're neighbors. They see, see. And so they begin to see. And this is, goes back because, you know, a lot of times when you're working on the same job with people live close by you like that, a lot of times it can create animosity, especially if you've been recognized on the job. See, and this is why the fruit of the Spirit has to be an operation in your life when you're doing the right things because you're going to have to have patience a lot of times when people started saying all matter of evil falsely against you and you know you haven't did anything wrong, but you want to be a good example so that they can come around too. Because Mrs. Y, I mean Mrs. T is already seeing something in you. See, because she's already commenting, I wish my husband would take a more active role in our spiritual growth and maturity and things in our lives. See, she's already recognizing it. She's already seeing, see, and she's seeing already that she's being influenced by you here, even though her husband has an influence here in the negative, but she's seeing positive here as well. And sometimes when you're good, it might be you that brings Mrs. T out of that. And she begins to come to church. And as a result, God can use her to win her husband. This is what Peter is saying by her chase conversation. See? So we, we have to remember. Yes, ma'am. Amen. Amen. All right. Good. Good. <laughs> All right. Let's look at 
You know, in Proverbs 24, Solomon says, I went by the field of, in verse 30, he says, I went by the field of the slothful and the man void of understanding. What happened? It was all grown over, needles, the walls is broken down. And what did he say? He says, I looked and I saw and I got some instructions. I got wisdom. What did he say? A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to sleep. So shall thy poverty come as one that traveleth and thy want as an armed man. Amen. So we, we can see things that we can glean wisdom and knowledge from. See? Things that are wrong and not done right, we can learn from these things. You know, it don't take much, and it'll be gone, broken. See? So we have to be wise here. Amen. Real quick, one more. Amen. Mrs. G tries to live her life according to Proverbs 31. That of a virtuous woman. She does not partake in gossip or talk that degrades others. She doesn't complain about what she does not have or her husband. She seems to be very content with what she has and who she is. She ensures that her home is clean and well presented when her family or unexpected guests arrive. She is not ashamed to open her door to any. Mrs. H., on the other hand, is often seen yelling and screaming after her kids and threatening them. Her kids seem to never be clean, ill-nursed, and she is often seen on the front porch or outside smoking, swearing, and with a beer in her hand. She always complains about her husband and said that it is his fault that they have to live like this. If he hadn't quit school, he could have a better paying job. Amen. So let's compare the influence of this virtuous, clean-thinking, industrious, contented, spiritually-minded mother with that of the cigarette-smoking, short-wearing, tantrum-throwing, discontent, worldly-minded, lazy wife and mother. Amen. Anybody, comment. <laughs> Anybody want to comment? Too drastic. <laughs> Somebody who's told you is, is not as what others think of you. Why not Jesus? The was the concern. Oh.
Yeah. <laughs> Anybody else? <laughs> no, we, we're we're just I'm I'm just throwing some dollar. We're talking about Christian influence and being an influence, and see, and so. Yeah, what what you find a lot of times is, you know, a lot of people choose the choices that, you know, a lot of them choose to to stay that way when they don't have to stay that way. See, they're making that choice. They they know there's something inside of every one of us that God puts to, to make us know what is right versus wrong, you know. And so a lot of people wants to be the victim, you know, instead of changing. And a lot of times, even when people become Christian, they choose to keep down that same road instead of turning around and says, wait a minute, you know, I'm going to make my life better than this, you know. 
And so that's what we have to get to that point, you know, that, hey, I want to be better than, than this. I want to, to represent Christ the right way, you know, in my life. You know, if one woman is doing it, it shouldn't be a problem with the other one doing it. You know, if one man is doing it, it shouldn't be a problem with another man doing it. You know, because we, we know right versus wrong. It's just that instinct that God has put in every one of us. And so we make choices to do wrong versus choices to do right. You know, and that's where we have to get to that point because, you know, the influence people, we're going to, like, like the paper says, we're going to influence people to do right or do wrong, you know. And so as Christians, we must choose to influence them to do what is right versus do what is wrong. Amen. Because we live in glass houses, you know, and stuff. Yes, ma'am. Good stuff. Good stuff. All right. Don't forget.